welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Matt Donnelly. Hi, guys. And uh, today, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to keep things on the lighter side. We're going to talk about the end of the world uh, as we know it, doomsday, um, doomsday prophecies, um, and did they or did they not come to pass? Did you guys have a favorite one that jumped out at you? I like the ones with Pat Robertson because he ended up running for president after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he predicted on the 700 Club uh, in 1976 that the world's going to end 1982. It uh, didn't happen, so he thought, oh, I think I'll run for president. Um, That's didn't... a tough question to answer in a debate. <laughs> so then he wrote a book, and like a decade later, it came out in his book, predicted the end of the world again. And I thought, wow, you know, what's crazy is that Charles Manson and Pat Robertson had that thing in common. They both predicted the end of the world and didn't happen. My little church, we, used to, we had this library, had an idea to start a library, and people would donate all their books. And it was all these crazy, like, 70s and 80s evangelical books, and <laughs> there were so many titled, and I loved them. I kind of, I think I put them in a section, and it was like, The Coming Economic Crisis of 1985, <laughs> and uh, The World Ends in 1990, or whatever. They're all called something with a year. A lot of 2000 stuff, and uh, it's just always fascinating for me to read. I always like opening them up and looking at them. There's, there is nothing better than perusing through a church library. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a bunch of like the crappiest fiction you could ever imagine. It's all uh, Amish Amish porn, or not real porn, but <laughs> porn for Amish people. That's uh, half of the uh, fiction. Christian fiction industry is Amish based. I think it's called ankles, ankles, ankles. I think mine was uh, the Mayan calendar. Was that 2012? Do you remember there was a little bit of hype? I mean, there was that crappy John Cusack movie that we got out of it, too. Yeah, so. right. yeah. thank you, Mayan. That's what they <laughs> wanted. That. It, was, it, was, it was the long con, but they wanted... They really wanted <laughs> the future John Cusack to get some work because he'd been on hard times, so... I don't think the Mayans had the wheel. I don't think they utilized the, the technology of the wheel. Have you heard that before? I think yeah. you're right. Even though they, the funny part it never occurred that, to them to create the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> but they actually put their calendar on a wheel. You think they'd go? Right. Hey, you know what? You know what else or we at least, could do with this? Yeah, or at least drop it by accident and see what and watch what happened and go, yeah. huh? you guys remember Heaven's Gate? That was another one of my favorite. Yep. I mean, it was sad yeah. because it resulted in like 39 uh, suicide, but... Um, it was one of your favorites, Matt? It was one of my favorites, yeah. Was that Bob comic? I just thought it was funny because I didn't realize before until I looked into it a little bit, but they actually, to make their money, they actually ran an IT consulting business. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that coming out after you use them for your IT services? Oh boy! <laughs> was the was it the Hailbop comment? Was that what they I were? I think so. Out? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Would. Jump on. I don't know. Like the like their leader looked crazy eyed. Oh, right? he was you just perfect. Take one look at him. Oh, you couldn't have uh, yeah. cast a better guy for that role. But I always want to know what. In the downtime, like, there's a lot of downtime in life where you're just kind of sitting around, like watching reruns or something. I think they watched a lot <laughs> of. They look over at him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't they just look over at him and kind of go, uh, no, this is not, this guy does not have all the answers. Like, they don't smell one of his egg farts or watch crumbs on his mouth or something. Maybe the IT business was so robust that they just didn't have downtime, and it was pretty much 24-7, you know, setting up computers. Then there's Harold Camping. His radio station was called Family Radio. Uh, he was in 150 markets, and he predicted it several times. Don't you lose credibility after your first prediction fails, though? How do you get to make... I know I know. Pat Robertson has made multiple predictions, but overall still has some credibility with people. But Have you seen him lately on TV? No, uh-uh. Man, it's weird. He's a weird-looking guy now. He's old. He's, like, really old. There's another guy. You guys ever heard of the amazing Chriswell? He was on like the Johnny Carson show and he'd make predictions. He had this little radio hour where he would come in and say, I predict in the year 1965, nudist colonies will spread across America, you know, and kind of like a celebrity predictor. But apparently he predicted uh, JFK's assassination or he said he wouldn't run again in 64 because something would stop him or something like that. So Huh. Man, you could ride that for the rest of your life if you just predicted a JFK assassination, if you were a psychic. Oh, that'd yeah. be your gold ticket. Was this the amazing Kreskin? Is that what you No, think? not to be confused. Okay. They're and actually, similar. Wikipedia even says not to be confused, I think. <laughs> oh, wow. The amazing Criswell kind of looks like you, Nate. I mean, when I'm looking, you should Google him. <laughs> he looks a little like an older Nate. Um, he wrote several books on predictions. He predicted mass cannibalism and the end of planet Earth as August 18th, 1999. Yeah, again here it says his most famous, in March 1963, he predicted Kennedy would not run for re-election in 1964 because something was going to happen to him in November 1963. He did that on the Jack Parr program. I like this private life section. I'll just read it. He married former speakeasy dancer named Halo Meadows, who so-and-so describes as quite mad. Miss Criswell had a huge standard poodle named Buttercup, which she's convinced was the reincarnation of her cousin Thomas. She spent a great deal of time sunbathing, which, given her size, was not too pleasant a sight. seems like around the 1800s there was a a influx of this kind of stuff there was like something called millerism there was the mormon uh joseph smith stuff Mm -hmm. there was a lady named mary bateman who later got famous for being a murderer and she got executed uh but she also created a hoax in 1806 called the prophet hen of leeds and so there were eggs that were laid by a hen and were purported to predict in times. And the, the eggs that the hen was laying were saying words. The words were, uh, Christ is coming on each egg. But what happened was, Mary Bateman, it was later found, would take the eggs after the hen had laid them, and uh, she wrote on the eggs using an acid, and then reinserted them into the hen so that they would lay the egg. <laughs> so that caused a bit of a panic, uh, the, the, her prediction on that. But she ended up being a fraud, of course. There's another lady named Joanna Southcott. Um, she claimed she was a virgin. She was 64, and that she was going to give birth to the next Messiah. Uh, she died, uh, and they did an autopsy, and she wasn't pregnant. But she had 
in her numbers and of her membership was over a hundred thousand people that were bought into this thing. Wow. She had a sealed wooden box of prophecies known as the jo- Joanna Southcott's box. And there was an instruction on the box that it be opened only at a time of national crisis and only in the presence of all 24 bishops of the church of England. When it was opened, it was found to contain only a few oddments and unimportant papers among them, a lottery ticket and a horse pistol. You mentioned the Millerites. It was during, the, I think, the Second Great, Great Awakening. These people, um, they predicted the Second Coming of Christ, and so they sold all their possessions. They wore these white robes, and they climbed to the tops of these hills and waiting, and yeah. nothing happened. And then not only did they nothing happen, but they did it a second time. <laughs> oh, nice. They already had the robes. <laughs> they already had the robes, so they figured, oh, a couple years later, let's do it again. Did, but... did they try a third time? <laughs> they say the third time's a charm, you know. I think they beat up Miller. I think they beat up Miller pretty bad after that second one. Well, I don't so, know, what an awkward f- situation, though. I mean, it's one thing if you predict it on TV or in writing or some of these other ways, but if you're actually there with people and you're yeah, standing on a mountaintop with yeah, robes don't do on... That. Don't do the mountaintop robe <laughs> but reveal. The, the best part of that I think about is when they all get there, they're super excited because they think this is going to happen. And then at some point, they start to realize it's not going to happen. That would be awesome to be there at that moment when yeah. like, a few of them kind of are like, uh, oh, I, <laughs> the, yeah, the, uh, about, guys, guys, has it been about four or five hours up here? Probably my favorite one is there was a famous book on this phenomenon that you're describing is that what happens after this thing doesn't happen in a cult? What happens to a cult group? And it's a psychology book called When Prophecy Fails. It's a study about a specific cult in the 50s. Uh, led by this lady, Dorothy Martin, and it was a UFO cult. She was kind of involved with Scientology, but basically they believed a flying saucer was going to come on December 21st, 1954, and save them, um, and I believe destroy the Earth. So what they did was, these psychologists, they infiltrated the group secretly and joined the group, and all the other members in the group, they sold everything they had, and they were waiting for this one day. And then they watched what happened, and they had a detailed timeline in the book, minute by minute, as to what was happening. On December 20th, at uh, it's supposed to come at midnight, but midnight passes, it's 12.05 a.m., and nothing happens. And then someone in the group notices that another clock in the room shows 11.55. The group agrees that it is not yet midnight. <laughs> and then at 12.10 a.m., the second clock strikes midnight, still no visitor. The group sits in stunned silence. Their cate- the cataclysm itself is no more than seven hours away. Oh, the earth is going to be destroyed in seven hours. So, at 4 a.m., the group has been sitting in stunned silence. A few attempts at finding explanations have failed, and one of the leaders begins to cry. At 4.45, another message comes to the leader and states, in effect, that God has decided to spare the earth because of their little group sitting there all Uh, night long. Yep. Yeah. That's how those always work. And I believe 
that the group may even still exist today or existed for a while even after. So this long psychology book studies this whole process of they I think it maybe even come up with the idea have you guys ever the term cognitive dissonance? Yeah. Yeah. It means if you put all your energy and everything you had into this one thing and then it didn't happen, your brain doesn't like that. It wants to adjust to make something right. And so it needs to adjust and it does, uh, and it makes up some other lie in order to make it feel better. Cognitive dissonance. So, you know, there was elements of that story you just told that are actually plot points in dude. Where's my car. (laughs) Did you know that? Have you seen dude? Where's my car? I've never seen that movie. No, you just about, about five or six things in your story are plot point. I wonder if that, if that movie is based on uh, your story, it might be <laughs> loosely yeah. based. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you uh, if you've ever seen my uh, Facebook cover picture, that's mm-hmm. a guy doing the hand gesture from "Dude, Where's My Car." Okay, I have stared at that picture and I've said, "That's not Nate," but it's not so different looking than Nate that maybe it is Nate. It's because who I, is it? I'll I'll keep it brief, but so in the movie. They, uh, they're the cult of Zoltan, and the okay. cult keeps doing this Z hand symbol over and over. So we were on a cruise, and uh, my buddy's like, look at that. He's like, look at that server's name. And I'm like, oh my God, that guy's name is Zoltan. <laughs> we took probably 20 pictures of us doing it with him and him doing it, and it's awesome. What do you guys think about Nostradamus and some of his end times predictions? Because he well, actually has one, a track record of getting a few things right. He did, you know? right. But if you say enough crazy crap in flowery language... That's where you're right. You and know? enough years pass, yeah, it's going to look good. See, a lot of his predictions, they're called like quatrains or something. It, yeah. They're worded vaguely enough. It, they're, they're worded like you would word a horoscope. You know, like you will face right. difficult decisions today. And you're like, oh my God, that's me. I am facing difficult decisions today. And then yeah. you read every horoscope and they all fit you. All these people, psychics on TV. I love Googling and YouTubing um, psychic fails and like, watching like, yeah, except on 80s. Ms. Cleo, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, except for Miss Cleo. She's legit. Okay, good. <laughs> But it seems like it was a trend in the 80s to have them on, like, Donahue and Sally Jesse. And it's always like, I'm here. Someone with the letter M in the audience, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, yes. Because people want to believe. And it's just, you're just leading them into whatever you're steering them in. guys find the y2k uh phenomenon credible did you actually have any fears about that i guess for the younger audience um what happened was when they coded um when they did computer coding prior to 2000 uh they only put two digits in the year and somebody i don't know what what point thought about oh no what are we going to do when it's 2000 it's zero zero again so it spent like a billion dollars, I think, trying to fix that in different, different uh, computer systems. It was the fact that so-called experts didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. That gave it credibility. 
the thing that scared me the most out of the whole Y2K thing was you guys know my fear of flying is like off the charts. Right. But they said yeah. like all the planes were going to fall out of the skies and stuff. Right. Like that missiles were going to get launched. That had me looking for a bunker to crawl into. Yeah. I think I might have shared with you guys already, but on that on that night, New Year's Eve, I stayed up was it even the night before to watch the first, you know, as the first time zone oh, hit right, 2000. Right. It felt like it was really early, like three or four in the morning. And the first place, it was really sweet. It was this island of kind of like tribal native people. And all they did was they kind of were dancing and they put, pushed this boat onto the ocean and they, they set it on fire. It was this weird little ir- irony that everybody's anticipating and they won't know until like it actually gets to society, even though it is 2000 there. It wouldn't matter to them. And then all happen. the coconuts exploded. In the future, there are still predictions, obviously, that people have made that are still up ahead. There's scientific predictions that are usually large extensions of time. Um, probably the nearest one is like 300,000 years, where a nearby star is uh, expected to explode and cause issues for us, r- rock us off our axis. Um, but basically, in about 7.8 billion years, uh, the Earth and the Moon will most likely be destroyed by falling into the Sun. Because the sun will continue to expand um, into its red giant before its red giant phase, and so basically that's the end of the Earth and Sun, according to scientists. The end of the universe could happen in about twenty-two billion years. Uh, it's called a big rip uh, scenario. What if basic- in the future science creates a better SPF? <laughs> Would that help? Yes. Like ten billion? Yes, yeah. like enough to withstand the expanding sun. I had a life insurance agent that kept bothering me all the time, so I finally told him that I was holding out for the rapture, and I wouldn't need yeah. any life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> My Lennon's grandma, sweetest lady ever, pastor of fifty years. She, you know how wrapping paper goes on sale the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't want to buy it because she figures the Lord was going to come back and uh, and uh, that year. And I remember telling her. Well, and so you're going to be up in heaven and having real regrets about that 99 cent roll of wrapping paper you wasted on? How prepared are you guys uh, if some major event happened and, you know, it was chaos, end of the world type stuff tomorrow? I have a big tin of saltine and one jug of distilled water. (laughs) Why is it always bad food? Why can't we have good food in the apocalypse? It's always going to be the most bland, worst thing ever. Jenny has a, when we were moving, I had to move, you know, it was like, um, you know, I basically lifted all the stuff and she had, she had lived in this house for like 15 years. And well, first of all, I, my back was hurting and I pick up this box and I look down and it's labeled stuffed animals, 2004. <laughs> it's like, is there anything more worthless in this universe than a box labeled Stuffed Animals 2004? <laughs> I'm like sweating. How strong was the temptation just to throw that away? <laughs> I had to keep know. it just, just to give her a hard time, you know. And, she but she had another like, thing. Aaron, have you seen the box of Stuffed Animals from 2004? Did you ever <laughs> need to get into that box? 
Not 2005 or three, specifically <laughs> 2004. Were they? Were there Beanie uh, Babies? Because those, you know, those might make a comeback. Uh, those are gonna be worth something. I don't even know if I opened it. It was sealed tight. Um, <laughs> but I gave her a hard time about it. It just made me laugh. I still bring it up sometimes because it happened like right at like the bitter end when you're just so tired and yeah. So anyway, she also had a go a go box, which I tease her about all the time too because it's a a big rubber made tote and inside of it are like dried foods, um, a twenty dollar bill. And like a little uh, piece of vinyl for a, for a makeshift shelter, <laughs> and I was like, "Where are you gonna go? Where are you going? <laughs> where does this go? Why not stay in the house? <laughs> you got a piece of vinyl for your shelter." Yeah, I, I give I give Jenny a hard time about her go box. I probably shouldn't. I'll probably if, rue the day. If the apocalypse does come, can we all just hunker down with Matt's bug guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's ready. I don't oh, know the guy, but definitely I feel like ready. I do. And I feel like he's oh, ready. God. We'll be lined up and like we're shirtless and he'll be walking by like putting his palm print on our cheek. <laughs> and this is, I guess could be a year from now. could be uh, 10 years from now. It'll happen though. I'm yeah. definitely giving him a call. I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have the a bug company patch me through if it, if it looks imminent. I, I'm the type of guy that like, I'm not going to last long. Like if we're in a road warrior scenario, I'm one of the first to die. I'm not making it long. I just, I'm too soft. <laughs> You're going to use that as the audio (laughs) clip at the end, aren't you? So were there any any doomsday-type movies that you guys really enjoyed? Um, Mm. You know, I I know one, I didn't enjoy it, but I don't know if you remember watching the uh, Left Behind, like the original one, just scared Mm -hmm. the crap out of me when I was a little kid. Oh, you mean, uh, you mean A Thief in the Night. A Thief in the Night. From the 70s. Oh, that was terrible. Yes, I remember that one. You got exposed to that and it's where the rapture happened and the girl runs inside and they like leave the electric razor going or there's a food on the stove and that caused a lot of trauma for a lot of people, that movie. I know. Uh, they the did you ever check, Matt? Did you ever freak out thinking that something had happened? I, you know, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it really yeah. bothered me. And especially, you know, that the scene with the, with the guillotine and them chopping off heads. I mean, that yes. was, that was I remember watching that at your guys' house. Thanks for making yes. me watch that. I still remember it. <laughs> I don't even think we were watching it ironically. I think I was trying to like proselytize Nate with it somehow. Yeah. Well, I remember it. So good job. I can tell you a movie that traumatized me in the 80s was, I don't think it was in theaters. I think it was a TV movie. It was called uh, The Day After. Mm. It was a nuclear war movie. It had Steve Gutenberg as like an army soldier. <laughs> it wasn't a funny movie at all. Trust me. It was about like a surprise nuclear attack and like how people in the United States try and survive after it. And that movie scared the bejesus out of me. I was probably way too young to be watching it to begin with, but did it have the black guy from Police Academy <laughs> that makes the sounds making sound this? effects as the bombs drop? I liked uh, oh man, Deep Impact. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, that came out about the same time as what's the the bigger one that came out with um, uh, Ben Affleck Armageddon. 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 Yeah, I like Deep Impact better. That the problem actually did happen. Like the the thing did hit. It was I, really you know, I feel intense. pretty good with Morgan Freeman as president. Like I, yeah, if we were gonna have apocalypse, I think that might be who I wanted to help. I mean, he's just very very reassuring. But he's got an earring. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the same thing with Harrison Ford. They have this little hoop earring, and it like destroys like probably like thirty five percent of their credibility you, just what, in one fell swoop. You guys not have your ears pierced? <laughs> no, you don't. It's a hoop earring like you had, Matt, like in nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back then, I did. Yeah. I I held I held on way too long to the earring thing. I remember in college, Nate, you had an earring. I, yeah. I well, I had. I don't really wear it anymore. Um. <laughs> And when I was in college, me and my roommate had this, we were really psyched up to get tattoos and uh, we chickened out. And so it went from, uh, get, we were each going to get two tattoos. And by the end of it, we're getting our ears pierced at Claire's. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a complete opposite end of the spectrum. We, we completely chickened out and we were even scared to do that. Have you guys ever heard of or read the Bible Code? Yes. Um, so I've read two of the books, and yeah, there there is some science behind the Bible Code stuff, but but I don't even know if it's legit science because it's only backed up in the Bible Code book. Yes, that's it's not like I don't think it's been independently tested. <laughs> right. so, so basically, they these guy and it sold a ton of. It was a big deal, and uh, this guy said in the original language that the scriptures were written in, whether it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was New Testament, Greek New Testament, or Aramaic, but it's in uh, the. It's only in the like the the Torah books. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, but there's patterns. Uh, if you feed them through a computer, it will notice patterns that is almost like a crossword puzzle that words show up uh, more frequently than they should. I think that was their premise. Um, yeah, and it was so a Jewish. It was, yeah. it was a Jewish rabbi that discovered it. Yeah, I, they were interesting. There were very interesting books, but in in the second book, there was like some like uh, there was supposed to be a big earthquake in California or whatever, and some other things, and it, they changed the interpretations of the. You know, I'm like, you can't change your own, you know, (laughs) if you're going to use a certain formula, you can't change it. As far as the end times and stuff, it's so interesting to me because Jesus in the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour of his return. And it's very clearly there. And yet people still continue to predict. It's so tempting to make a prediction that you're overriding something that's directly stated not to by Jesus. I don't know how much you guys have ever read Revelations, but when I was in college, I took a class on it, and it's impossible not for your mind to just start leaping to like, okay, well, this could mean this. You just, right. your mind automatically does it. I've read all the Left Behind books. I read them all when they came out. I was a, I, I believed in all of that stuff. Um, I don't believe in the rapture anymore. I don't like the mindset that thinking the world's going to end and what that psych- even subconsciously does to you. I don't think it's healthy. Um, 
My understanding of the rapture is that it was also, you could trace it back to a certain time period in the 1800s when it really gained popularity, and maybe even a certain person that sort of generated it. But I think but it is dangerous, st- too, because like, I mean, if you believe in the end times, you don't care about what happens today. It's really dangerous. Um, because Yeah, I mean, I want, this feel, it feels like, you know, if you're a Christian, you believe the world's going to come to an end, you're tending the garden on the deck of the Titanic. What's the point? You know, that's what it kind of feels like, or felt like anyway. But. They had a garden on the Titanic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could have. You don't know. Uh. Yeah, well, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I, it's amazing that people probably really do think that way, that they don't care about the earth, but that's one thing. I mean, I'm I'm pretty conservative in most of my views, but I mean, I think you should care about the world you live in, you know? I'm not. I think that's I'm not going to go chain myself to any trees or anything, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not putting a you know plastic uh, six pack thing around a dolphin's head or something either. So I'm, right. I'm trying to be conscious of uh, the world I live in. Yeah, I think that's a biblical principle. Even if you believe in the rapture, that you should apply that. You Adam and Eve, God wanted them to tend the garden. You know, they wanted to be good stewards of creation. So. That's there if you want to see it. You know, if you want to see that it doesn't matter, then you could probably see that too, I guess. Well, we go around real quick and say, give your own prediction of uh, what's going to cause the end of the earth. <laughs> I think <laughs> okay, it's artificial ahead, artificial intelligence. That's what, that's my guess. I think it's a nuclear war. I think it's a certainty that within the next five thousand years, someone will launch a lot of bombs and back and forth trump <laughs> yes. trump will do something that seems mundane but it will be yes. the doom of a doom of us all in the end so and then he'll say that he meant to do it he yeah. won't be able to say he's sorry he meant no, to he do won't it. say he's sorry yeah that was his plan oh i yeah. forgot to uh i forgot to give a shout out to my cousin who's been listening to the podcast and he said that he wants to start his own podcast. Roy, if you're listening, I'm going to keep encouraging you to start your own podcast. So yeah, he's, go a, for it, Roy. he's a really funny dude. He's got some good thoughts. So I, I hope he goes for, forward with it. Awesome. Well, good luck, Roy. So uh, for my co-host, Nate Sadler and Matt Donnelly, this is Aaron Donnelly. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the podcast. It's been growing. and. And uh, we just really appreciate it. And so if you'd like to give us some feedback or comments, you can email us at, the, at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And until next week, we will see you then. I'm one of the first to die. I'm not <laughs> making it long. I just, I'm too soft. <laughs>